0: hey everyone this is joe langworthy here with my co-host of tailgate talk a six column sports podcast mr thomas wolfell himself uh we are here with episode 24 of the podcast and uh yeah big week three win um that's uh what we're going to be talking a lot about is the the K State game and the the win and what that means going forward, um, Thomas. What are your uh, initial thoughts? Just well, give it, give it to us straight. You know
1: that that was that was a fun game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, I think it's very obvious at this point that um, you know if Desiree Reed Francois wants to ever win a championship at Mizzou, she's got to get my wife and I on the payroll and fly us out to. Uh, to every game we play because it seems like when we show up we win and uh you know so no surprise um Mizzou pulled out another one I mean it's a fairly easy <laughs> victory no one was nervous ever no uh, no
0: never da- never yeah, doubted I say it say,
1: but, no, I mean not even once did I think he was gonna miss that 61 yarder I mean nope. not even because why 60. wouldn't he, why wouldn't he break an SEC record yeah I mean you know last year he made a deal and said, all right, I'll miss this 35-yard ch- chip shot against <laughs> Auburn if that means I can hit a 61-yarder next year. But, um, right. man, that was just a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. The, the, obviously, you know, I was talking to um, Katie, my wife, about that after the game. And, of course, I haven't been to all the games, but I've been I've watched most of them on TV, and um, I have been to a number of them. That's the biggest crowd, I think, um, I've seen it, it – bro field maybe even since before the pandemic so um you know it's been a a while yeah yeah it was a lot of fun and I think the fans were into it and um it was great to pull out a victory what did you think yeah I mean I thought like you said the crowd was great um
0: it was a lot of fun wouldn't have been much fun if we'd lost but um you know looking back it was fun uh it was one of those you know nerve-wracking college football games that keeps you coming back for more you know, the whole time, you know, I, I kind of joke about never being in doubt. The whole time I was in doubt, whole time I was nervous, <laughs> the whole time I was, you know, freaking out. My wife can tell when I'm nervous because she just sits there like rubbing my back Um, because I'm just sitting there like, oh, my goodness, what is happening? <laughs> the whole game, even when we were winning, Um, you know, my buddy Todd, who we sit with, he – he got mad at me after the game because after Mivas hit the field goal, he, he turned and grabbed me and said, we won. And I wasn't reacting at all. And so he started doubting that Mivas had actually hit it. And he turned back and was confused. And, <laughs> and it was just because it had taken me, you know, it took me 30 seconds to process that what had just happened. Like, I, I didn't believe it. I was still sitting, even as the students were on the field, I was, I was standing there like, okay, what the heck, how, how is this getting called back? Like they're gonna have there to was the longer, field yeah, off. Yeah, there
1: was there was laundry yeah. on the field. I didn't, I didn't even see, see that, that there but I, I still I
0: still had that thought in the back of my head. Like, how is this gonna how is this gonna come back to bite us? But yeah, great atmosphere. Um, heard all week that there was gonna be a ton of K State people there, and you know the the joke was that when Mizzou tweeted that it was a sellout and said, you know, thanks to the best fans in America for helping us get this to a sellout. You know all the K-State people retweeting it and saying thanks we are the best fans in America and you know just from all the talk on Twitter I was expecting there to be fifteen or twenty thousand people in purple there and there was a good number. I'm not I'm not bashing K State's traveling like they they brought a good a number of people. There wasn't fifteen thousand there.
1: No you know I would, I, say, I would guess I'd
0: say maybe five. I would yeah I was gonna say five six I could, I could hear arguments for like up to about seven or so. Um, but yeah, 5,000, um, maybe. So, um, it was mostly, I mean, it was a, a dominantly Mizzou crowd, obviously. And, um, they were into the game. They were loud. Um, heard from a few people that were watching the game on TV, that the loudness of Farrow was back to, you know, where it needs to be. They, They could tell on TV that it was loud. Um, to the to the point that at one time ESPN I guess went to the LSU Mississippi State audio because that was uh uh less less uh loud. Did you hear about that? I don't know. That joke <laughs> no, might have whatever you're it. Apparently for like a minute and a half during the during the game they went to L S U Mississippi State audio while showing our game. Um so did not match up very well. But um, yeah just a just a great game um, you know will be a, a very memorable game that people talk about for forever it'll be up there it'll be up there with the you know the Mo Miracle and um, you know the what else what other you know Brad Smith's performance against you know Texas Tech or his performance mm-hmm. in the bowl game or you know any of the big games um, you know obviously yeah. it's not a it's not a it's not a championship game, so it's not on the same level as the SCC championship or the Cotton Bowl victories. But um, you know, as far as regular season wins go, um, it'll be up there in terms of memorable games that people talk about for, for years to come. Yeah. Um and, and I think you know,
1: too I, I think too, just to add to that, I mean, that for Drinkwitz's career, I mean, as a Mizzou mm-hmm. coach, um, mm-hmm with kind of how that ended, they saved, they definitely helped him out. Um, but that's, you know, that's a game just with that, even, um, you know, we could be looking back two, three, four years from now saying, man, you know, with, with coach Drinkwitz as our coach three or four years from now, and look back at that game and say, what, what would have happened if that didn't go through and we lost the game? Right. Because, you know, that's something that, um, you know, I remember when I was working in <laughs> Kentucky, they, um, you know, Stoops was coaching there and it was, very similar to this game. The fans were kind of starting to turn on him a little bit. Had lost confidence that he was going to get things turned around. Um, and then came a game against South Carolina. Uh, they won on a last-second field goal. And uh, obviously, that, that's that been a program that's that's been extremely competitive ever since. And I could see that game for Drinkwitz being uh, extremely similar, where we look back three or four years from now and say, you know what? Like, that was the game where things started to turn around. The fans got behind the coach. Uh, and the players, too, and, uh, you know, we could be really excited about where the team's at a couple of years from now, for sure.
0: Right, yeah. I mean, Pinkle Pinkle definitely had one of those games, too. You know, o five 5 against Iowa State, I believe, is um, – I think it was 5 Yeah, yeah. had to have been 05, um, against Iowa State. Brad Smith gets hurt, um, gets hit in the head, you know, probably would have been targeting. Um, if that existed at the time, um, mm-hmm. get knocked, gets knocked out of the game though, with a concussion and true freshman Chase Daniel comes in and, and, you know, is able to secure the victory in the second half. And, you know, we make a bowl game. Um, Chase is obviously kind of the the next guy up the next year. Um, they play decently well in 06 and then obviously 07, 08, um, or two of the better years of, of Pinkle. And so, you know, a lot of people look to that game. What if we had lost that game? And um, you know, what, what, how would things have been differently? You know, would Pinkle have made it out of Oh five, you know, if if had lost that game, had we not Mm -hmm. known that chase Daniel was decent because, you know, yeah, we, you know, we, it would have looked like we had wasted four years of Brad Smith. Everybody knew how good Brad Smith was. And um, so, yeah, it kind of springboarded Pinkle into the career that he had here. Um, And I'm not saying that that's exactly what's going to happen with this game, but it has the potential to be that kind of game. So, um, you know, yeah. And I think, you know, I, it's, it's something I say all the time. It's one of my favorite football quotes. Um, I think it's Bobby Bowden originally, but you know, at first you lose big, then you lose close, then you win close, then you win big. You know, those are, that's the steps. Um, And I'm butchering that quote, but that's the basic steps. And, you know, I think last year we, we lost close, you know, you look at, um, we didn't win the close games all the time. I mean, we'd won a few of them, but we didn't win all of them. And this year we, you know, have so far found a way to win um, in games that, one one was too close, you know. Middle Tennessee State was too close, obviously, but you know this was a close game against Kansas State, and we found a way to to pull out a victory. And so, you know, maybe hopefully that's where we're at in the progression. You know, we're in the the win close progression, and uh, you know, hopefully big things are coming. So that's that's my uh, glass half full, um, super optimistic take on Mizzou football where we stand right now.
1: That could be. And I know we're going to have a lot of chance for victories this year. It looks like, based on how the SEC is looking, so close yeah. wins. I'll take close wins over close losses any day. Yeah, um, exactly. You know, my exactly. my 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 health probably won't last if we have to see too many <laughs> more games like that. Um, yeah. No, but, yeah, but yeah, but but I'm with you on that. And that was a heck of a lot of fun watching that. So, you know, specifics of the game. Who did you? I mean. <clears throat> What did you think? I mean, who would be your offensive player of the game? I think there's definitely more more than one uh, more than one option.
0: I think I agree with the with the football team um, that tweeted out earlier that uh, Brady Cook was their offensive player of the game. I think um, he showed a lot. Um, you know, I think a lot of the questions about Brady Cook uh, that people had, you know, that he w- wasn't wasn't a good deep ball thrower, you know, that he didn't have it in him to, to be that kind of quarterback. Um, you know, we couldn't be successful pushing the ball downfield with Brady Cook under center. Um, you know, I'm not saying he's Peyton Manning, you know, I'm not saying he's Aaron Rodgers, but he, he showed a lot on Saturday and uh, played really well and pushed the ball downfield and did so early and often. And it, um, and you know, ran the ball enough early that they kind of had to to watch it, to watch for him, mm-hmm. um, and that I think allowed the offense to be open. Um, you know, hopefully, you know we've talked about it off podcast a little bit. Hopefully, his knee is is okay. Um, I think the official word was a bone bruise, um, which is, I know those are painful, um, but you know, I thought I thought he was still moving okay in the second half it looked like he wasn't really trusting it and i don't think drink and kirby moore trusted it um in the second half um as much as they they did in the first half but um you know so hopefully that's that's good going forward hopefully he doesn't have to use it much the next two two weeks and he can um you know just kind of sit back there and and make some throws and um But, yeah, I I would say Brady Cook was my offensive player of the game. Um, I'd I'd hear arguments on Luther Burden as well. Um, I think clearly he is – I think he's clearly the best offensive player on the team, Um, And but I do kind of think this this game was great and I think he played awesome. Um, But my hope is that this is kind of just what he does from here on out, so it's not even really that spectacular. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I mean, he's, he's averaging over hundred yards. I mean, he's what were three games in and each game he's had over hundred yards receiving. Right. Um, he's not, has three or four touchdowns on the year already. Um, mm. yeah, it's almost, you hope, it, you hope, like you said, you hope it almost becomes a situation where it's, it's like the dude that scores 20 points and no one notices because he just scores 20 points every game. You just want right. him to be the dude that like, Oh yeah. Luther burden with another <laughs> hundred yard receiving, uh, and a touchdown. Um, is it's supposed to be. But, yeah, I'm with you on that. I mean, I think, um, you know, before the year, and i was saying this just as much as anybody else, but I, you know, I always thought Brady Cook was the, the quarterback that would show up and wouldn't lose you a game but probably couldn't win you the game either. Um, but, I mean, you, you think about that Kansas State game and he he showed up and basically won us the football game. Um, right you know there's been a, a lot of talk about i guess him being booed when he his name was called you know was a starter I, I i was i did not notice that i don't know if i wasn't in the stadium yet for it or if i just wasn't paying attention or maybe if that's been overblown that could be something too but i mean he went from that to i mean an absolute hero at the end of the game 350 right. yards passing um and it wasn't just to Luther Burden i think he had I, I know i told you this offline too five uh there were five different receivers with a reception of 25 yards or more. So he was throwing it downfield to a number of different players. Um, right. And that was a game in which we didn't have much running. We didn't have a, a running game. Um, I think the sixth player with a play of 25 yards or more was Schrader on one run. But um, beyond that run, we didn't really have uh, much of anything to speak of. And uh, to be honest, when I saw Cook hobbling around on a bum knee, uh, I thought we were in serious trouble just because his legs have always been a big part of his game, but uh, he showed, he showed that he can stand back there, take hits and sling the ball around. Uh, I don't know if that's what we want to depend on in the long run. Uh, You know, hopefully his knee gets better and he can use that as part of his game still, but he showed that he has that ability to at least do it for, uh, you know, two or three quarters if, if it's absolutely necessary. And, um, you know, I couldn't imagine being him a, a lifelong Mizzou fan, uh then being that quarterback that quarterback doing what he did in that game uh that has to just absolutely be awesome so he's right. definitely my offensive player of the game too and like you said Burden could do that as well but um just one of those deals where uh Luther Burden did what I think we're going to find out Luther Burden does and he's probably we probably have another uh, year and nine games left of him and so we right. just got to enjoy him while it lasts because he's, he's he's a he's an NFL player probably already.
0: But yeah, um, yeah, that's the that's the thing is he, he does look like a pro this year. So, um, you know, really excited about what he brings to the table the rest of the year. Um, interesting. I did. Um, ESPN has finally updated their their stats um, for the mm-hmm. season stats. Uh, Brady Cook is now the um, third highest rated quarterback through. Three games in the SEC um, behind just Jackson Dart and Jaden Daniels, and obviously Jackson Dart runs that old Miss offense that, um, right? You know, they're they're crazy. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, but to be up there with Jaden Daniels, you know, he's above KJ Jefferson, Devin Leary, Carson Beck, Spencer Rattler, Graham Mertz, Joe Milton, all those guys. Brady Cook is is um, higher rated uh, QB rating, and then you know, higher completion percentage than he's, I think he's fourth in completion percentage. Um, so, you know, he's, he's doing what he needs to do. Um, and I don't think, I think he's one of the only guys in the, in the league that has yet to throw an interception. So, um, knock on Will wood Rowe, there. Yeah. Knock on wood. But, you know, that's kind of say knock on wood, but that's kind of becoming Brady Cook's thing is that he doesn't throw interceptions. Um, you know, that, that'll, that'll end obviously. That he will throw one eventually, um, but you know he takes care of the ball really well, and um, you like you said spreads out to playmakers. And I think that that's how this offense is designed. Um, and speaking of playmakers, there's one that I do want to uh, make special mention of because I'm really excited about the addition of a tight end. And mm-hmm. judging judging by the little smirk you had on your face while I was saying that sentence, I think you knew exactly who I was going to talk about. Yeah. But uh, Brett Norfleet um, with a heck of a catch um, on the sideline there. Uh, really like seeing him get more and more involved. Um, you know, I think having a six-seven kid that can catch going to help.
1: Yeah, I think he caught two passes, if I'm not yeah, I think mistaken. Yeah, he had two. And, I, and after the first one, I turned to the guy uh, next to me, sitting next to me, I said, that was a tight end that just caught that pass. And we just kind of chuckled, and, you know, the game goes on. And then he makes the, the great catch where he jumps goes up and gets the ball. He held on to it as he landed barely in bounds. And we looked at him and we're like, that's a tight You know, we started screaming, that's a tight end right there. <laughs> that's uh, the right. closest thing, you know, we've had resembling a tight end in a long time. And he's a, he's a freshman that um, it looks like he can go up and get the ball uh mm-hmm. you know i'm sure he's he's going to be fair, still fairly limited and probably what he can do just because of his youth and uh, he probably needs to put on some weight but i mean if you can use him in different situations uh he could be a real weapon um if they if they can figure that out and uh, obviously right. they had i don't i don't know if they've hit him in the first two games but they certainly uh saw opportunity with him there against kansas state and um i mean he he showed that he can if you throw him the ball, he's going to do his best to go up and get it, and he looked he looked pretty dang good, and that was a very exciting development. Right, right,
0: and you know Theo Weiss,
1: I think had a couple, um, mm-hmm. and we had a we had another freshman receiver get his first catch on a forty yard pass downfield. Yeah, um, Johnson off of a safety. Yep, and he would look very quick on he the play. He is so.
0: uh, he is fast.
1: Um, very so quick.
0: yeah, excited to see what he can do um you know yeah. it, it was good to see mookie cooper kind of have a a big game um you know he's yeah he's he's, he's, earned he's that. been he's been
1: mm-hmm. he's
0: been he's been pushing he's been um he's been going and uh just hadn't really been getting any results and you know right. i'll be the first to admit that i was starting to think nah, i just don't know if it's going to happen for him i don't know if he right. you know he just he seemed to be I use the word pushing. He seemed to be pushing too much. He seemed to be, you know,
1: mm-hmm.
0: struggling with the fact that nothing was happening for him and, and pushing too hard and, you know, probably making mistakes because he's going too hard. And uh, so it was really good to see him have some success. And, you know, hopefully he he builds on that. Um, because, yeah, we talked about distributing the ball around. And, you know, I think that that's key because as much as, you know, we want – Luther burden to get the ball there's gonna be points where other teams are gonna do what they can to limit that and so you got to be able to yeah. distribute it around so seeing all the different weapons has was great um and I think mm-hmm. it was a a key to the success of the game you know um yeah I think you know yeah I don't I mean, think we would have won if we hadn't spread it around a little bit more, but I also don't yeah. think we would have won if we hadn't got hadn't forced it to Luther a couple
1: times you know so yeah. And, and I mean, the other thing too, and we talked about this last week, uh, we created a turnover and, mm-hmm. you know, again, you want to see more. It was only one, only one. Inter- I think we had an interception, obviously. Um, I think it was Chris Aden's drain with interception, but I mean, again, um, he intercepts the ball right around the, right around midfield. We get one or two first downs, kick a field goal. And that's three points. Whereas if, mm-hmm. you know, you hold them to a punt and you get a couple of first downs, then we're punting and that can make a difference. So, yep. Um, you know, I thought that I think the, the defense had three sacks and a number of different pressures, I think six pass deflections. They were much more aggressive. And, um, you know, that that turnover was very much deserved from the defense, too. They were mm-hmm. – um, I felt like they were certainly more disruptive than they were against Middle Tennessee State. They were more aggressive with play calling and bringing uh, numbers. Um, mm-hmm. And, I, I don't know, I just think it was a good good thing all around and, you know, 30 points. That's the first time we've scored 30 points against a Power 5 school since November of 2021, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just a complete performance. Uh, I think everybody I mean, I thought everybody played well. The defense held up when they needed to. I thought they looked a little shaky. I also thought we got, you know, kind of ran into some bad luck with the, the tip in the end zone that was eventually caught by mm-hmm. their receiver. Um, mm-hmm. I thought they were, their, their offensive line held much more than I'm used to seeing. uh, Held as in committed holding penalties that weren't called. Yes. Not held as in played well. (laughs) Correct. Their offensive line was holding all the time. I mean, it was every play you sat there and you could, you know, their left tackle held Mm -hmm. more than anybody I've ever seen in my life and it never got called for it. Right. Um, And, I mean, they had a pass pass interference that should have been called too on them that wasn't. But anyway, you know, I thought that the team – the defense looked shaky at times, but I also felt like they were they were doing what they could to get to the quarterback, and they yep. weren't getting any help. And uh, they made things they made things happen when it mattered, and that's, that's right. what you got to do to win big games like that. Right?
0: Yeah. Let's let's look at this because um, I, I mean I agree. I did think they looked um, a little shaky at times. Um, you know they they did let up a few. The, the touchdown drives were like too long. We we just kind of deteriorated during those, those three touchdown drives because they were 11 plays, 75 yards, 10 plays, 64 yards, and 12 plays, 74 yards. So we basically just let them march down the field yeah. on those three drives.
1: And, and um, if you take a look at those two, I believe that each of those drives, there was at least one third and long that we gave up um, or the first down on, um, mm-hmm. I know that, I mean, that, that touchdown they scored was third and third and goal from the 10. Um, there mm-hmm. was one where they had, I think it was, I don't remember what it was, third and 15 and they needed to get to the four and they got it. And then they ended up scoring a touchdown. Um, so, you know, but that was all in the first half and the second half, they, they made a, I guess clearly made a few adjustments and, um, got that piece figured out. But, um, you know, it's one of those weird games where everyone's excited and, Uh, pumped and uh, you know you can see the potential but also the coaching staff still has they have things they can go into the film room on and say hey we can still get better you know Um, yeah I think that's probably a positive too coaching staff included uh, if we want to get into delay of game penalties at the end of the at the end of the uh, fourth quarter there but um,
0: yeah so you you and I I I do want to talk about this because I was so confused as to what was going on. I don't think anybody in the stadium knew what was going on, including both coaching staffs. I don't think any anybody knew what was happening um, because, you know, why take a delay of game penalty there? Why not have any sense of urgency, um, you know, with that? There's six seconds left in the clock. I, I get people calling drink stupid for this and all that, but there's no way a football coach – having his players stand on the sideline with six seconds left for no reason. And I am thoroughly convinced that he thought he had a timeout. And I think he did have a timeout. They gave it to him. So, you know, I'm not even going to – we're not even going to talk about it. I'm sure Coach Drink has talked to the SEC about it, whether or not he's telling the media. You know, he, he took it on himself and said he did something stupid. And it was stupid. You and I looked through the the drive chart. Mizzou only called two timeouts. They didn't call a third timeout, but the screen said they didn't have a third timeout. I don't know what was going on. Yeah,
1: I think think the timeout that I think at least caused some confusion, in my mind, there was a timeout with 35 seconds left in the game. Uh, Mizzou had just gotten the first down. And Mm – it was my assumption at the time that Mizzou had called that timeout. It's I guess that's thirty-five seconds, so Mizzou. No, it's the it's the it's out. the one it's one k the
0: one K-State called with a minute with 35.
1: Seconds. Okay. Well there was yeah, there was a timeout in there that I thought Mizzou had taken, but it, it ESPN says K-State took it. So I mean I haven't gone back and watched the film and see who they actually whistled right. and, and called the timeout for. I'd have to do that, but I definitely think there's a – There's confusion. At least
0: at, there's min, at, at minimum
1: there's a chance that we we had an extra timeout. Now, to be fair, you know, to the people that are going to be critical, we also took a delay of game penalty after a kickoff the second right. to last drive. Right. And that is completely unacceptable because there was no was, confusion That one there. was worse. That one was there, worse. Yeah. They score – they kick a field goal to tie it, and you know you've got to go score. there. Yeah, you know you've got to go score. You get your guy returns it to the twenty, twenty-three, twenty-five 23 25 yard line or whatever and you take a delay of game penalty out of that. There's no confusion there. That's that is a that is a coaching uh that's a coaching blunder. I don't know how else to say it. Um, now coach obviously deserves the blame and criticism on something like that, but also he's the guy that recruited the players that bailed him out. So he also has to get the right. credit for for Doing that, um, but I mean,
0: yeah, I think, and also a win. A, like said, and, a win is a win, so he gets credit for that. A win. Is a win He gets he a, put he, him in he position should. to win,
1: and he deserves it, and he deserves yeah. it. Um, but yeah, I mean, he that, that delay a game penalty, the second to last delay a game penalty was definitely, uh, as he called it, a boneheaded decision or a boneheaded mistake, I think is the term that Drink was used. Right, And then I think the second delay game that pushed it back to 60-plus yards on the field goal, there was confusion. It's also yeah. he gets paid – he does get paid millions of dollars to figure that stuff out. So, right. you know, but the the at the end of the day, the ball was obviously kicked through the uprights, and that's what matters. We won.
0: And, and I'll say, you know, maybe
1: um, six-yarder wouldn't have been an SEC record. So – No, that's probably too close for me to anyway. He's got to be at 60-plus. <laughs> right, he's got to be
0: 60-plus, you know.
1: Get that extra fantasy point. There you go. So you're exactly right. So, but I mean, yeah, it's a big victory, and now, um, you know, I know we have just a little bit of time left on the on the Zoom, but um, you know, now you can start to dream as a Mizzou fan. I think I think Memphis is going to be much more difficult than um, maybe people are thinking, just because it's not a Power Five school. But um, yeah, you know, I think it's a big game, just because it's a letdown. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be a real chance at a letdown given yeah, obviously the victory you just got to but... be
0: got to be up for it they got to be yep ready because they're going to get Memphis's best shot
1: yep but if you win that game in all likelihood you're headed you're headed into lsu five and zero. lsu has shown they're beatable um south carolina's looked very beatable kentucky's looked beatable tennessee had no offense against the florida team that got whooped against utah so those right. two teams can be beat and um, i still think Georgia's probably a stretch but when I mean, you start looking at, at kind of the rest of the schedule and, um, you know, you can start to, if, if we can get past, I, like I said, I think Memphis is a big one just because it's a classic letdown game for a 20 year old mm-hmm. kid. That's coming mm-hmm. off probably the biggest win of their career. But if we can get past Memphis, then I think um, Mizzou fans can start to dream a little bit and that's when things really get exciting. Yep.
0: Cause then that atmosphere for LSU is going to be huge. And um, you know, I think everything everything that Mizzou wants to do is still on the table, like you said. Every SEC East team, including Georgia to a certain extent, obviously a lesser extent than most teams, but every team in the SEC East has shown that they have some weaknesses, including Missouri. But Missouri has also not stumbled like every or other team. Arkansas,
1: other obviously yep. they're in the West, but they lost to BYU. They're beatable. So
0: Yeah. And Arkansas is on the verge. They might end up being two and five. Like, their, their mm-hmm. next four games, I don't think they'll be favored in. Um, and so, you know, that their season might crumble before it really even gets off the ground. And, you know, then you're looking at, okay, crazier things have happened. Uh, yeah. Not to Mizzou, but crazier things have happened. Why not us? So, I mean, you know all they got to do is focus on what's right ahead of them. Um, You know, let us, let us podcasters be the ones to focus on the rest of the season. They need to focus on Memphis, but um, you know, it, it's still out there. Um, And I think the dome is going to be a lot of fun. We'll talk about it a little more later in the week. Um, We do a preview show on Memphis, but um, yeah, dome is going to be a lot of fun. Go to Nashville, get a win and then right back to Columbia for, what should be another huge game. Um, and you know, another opportunity to to prove the haters wrong, something to prove, you know,
1: something to prove fans have something to prove too. Cause that was a great atmosphere. Yeah. When you have an atmosphere like that, it helps all around. Uh, yep. we don't need to talk much about it, but obviously there was a recruit four star out of Kansas
0: Yep. yep. Um,
1: that committed basically immediately after the game. And you have to think that, um, that atmosphere, seeing an SEC mm-hmm. atmosphere, it helps. I mean, that helps everybody. And I know there's the – Players you know, play better. Helps different the sport, recruit.
0: but basketball recruits are going to be in town for the LSU yep. game weekend. So, um, you know, Mizzou needs to show out, you know, needs to, to show up and be loud and make it a great environment so that, yep, you know, the, even the basketball recruits are thinking, oh, okay. Yep. It's fun to go yep. here.
1: The football team is – doing what we've asked which is winning and now it's the fans it's our job to show up and cheer them on and and continue to build the atmosphere because you know um building the program is is something the fans have to be involved with too so big weekend that was a heck of a weekend for mizzou
0: yeah it was um and you know heck of a heck of a weekend for shiloh the bar they got a lot of your money i know
1: um, <laughs> hey, not necessarily mine, but yes,
0: the group Somebody I was, was paying for drinks for for Thomas. Um yep, Tom, we were going to thank you, I, I, Thanks, I'm going to call you out a little bit. Um we uh we were going to record a podcast night of the game. Oh, yes. Thomas said, "Let me, give me give me 15 minutes, to take a quick nap." This was like at 10:30. Uh when we got back to the house and uh at about 11:15, I was like, "Yeah, he's not waking back up." And so I called <laughs> it <laughs> and went to bed. Um, Yeah, Thomas was was a little passed out on the couch. Shiloh got the best of him. 31 year old Thomas doesn't hang quite as well as he used to.
1: (laughs) No, as yeah, I would say (laughs) I took a nap. My dad would say I I passed out, but yes. um, (laughs) Hey, that was a long day of drinking. And part of the issue too is my wife is five years younger than me, and I tried to keep up and I couldn't. So, uh, yeah, she was a lot more uh, sprightly than you were when you guys got
0: back. (laughs) But, but anyways, that's it for us. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll we'll have a preview later in the week of the of the Memphis game. M I Z
1: Z O U.